Mango Mustache Media L-A-S You're listening to One Word Stories. Brought to you by... Hi, I'm Logan Adam Schultz, digital and content marketing guy. I'm Alex Schulte, creative director dude. And I'm Craig Johnson, maker of graphics. And we're the LAS Marketing Team. And this is Friends with Marketing Benefits, Eastern Iowa's newest podcast filled with laughter, stories, and insight from a rotating cast of marketing professionals. Every Tuesday, join us as we break down modern marketing practices into something that you can use right now to better market your business, nonprofit, band, or even that dresser you've been trying to sell on Facebook marketplace there'll be new episodes every tuesday on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts friends with marketing benefits is produced and distributed by the las podcast network in cedar rapids iowa for more visit laspodcastnetwork.com if you feel like it las Welcome, welcome, one and all, to One Word Stories. I'm your host, Alex Schulte. This is the show where we take one word and let it inspire the stories we tell. Um, I'm joined, as always, by one of my best buddies in the whole wide world, Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey, how's it going? Good. I'm excited to drink some root beer. I'm glad you are because this is uh, the History Center presents LAS History Week. And today's guest on One Word Stories is is someone who's very special in our community. And let's see here. How can I how can I really amp this up before we say the name? So she is a paleontologist. She is the former liver of a tiny 200 square foot home traveling around the country. And now she's the curator and collections manager at the History Center. We are joined by Tara Templeman. Tara, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing well. Happy to be here. I'm so glad you are able to join us today and you brought in some some prohibition themed beverages. Uh, for our for our show because you guys have a an amazing event coming up the root beer festival that's happening on July 3rd from 1 to 4 p.m. it's outdoors over at the history center over on 8th street and 2nd avenue yes. across the street from the fire department uh, here in downtown cedar rapids and it's going to be a swanky event i mean but you've got you you've got Three days of events going on from June, uh, June second till June fourth. Sorry, excuse me, July second to July fourth, um, and on July second, you've got that speakeasy that's going to be happening with uh, Elizabeth von Presley is going to be performing some some deep dish divas. I think is what they called them on the website. Yes, I love that name, deep dish divas. So that's going to be a speakeasy party that's happening on the lawn that night at seven p.m. Um, definitely head on over to historycenter.org slash speakeasy for more information on that but today's word is we're here to talk a little bit about prohibition tara yes we are so i don't know if you know but it is currently in the in the year 2021 legal to buy alcohol um but at a time it was not yeah and I just to jump in real quick, like growing up in history class, we we're kind of taught like prohibition was this goofy mistake. But there is a lot of 
actual good things like women's suffrage behind it that doesn't get talked about, which is why I'm very excited to have Terry yeah, here yeah. to jump into the the things that prohibition, while it wasn't it was a little extreme how far they went with it, there were a lot of things rooted in it that actually did benefit the country and show how important women in politics are and rights that they deserved. Right. And and the prohibition is definitely way deeper than this bottle of Sioux City root beer that we have in front of us right now. Um, there's a lot more to it. See, my knowledge when th- speaking about uh, prohibition extends to like Al Capone was alive then, and that's about it. Yeah, for me. Okay? He, he made alcohol and made money. And right, they, they caught him eventually with the with the books. Is that what happened? Yeah, they had to get him on a technicality of not reporting some type of. It was like a tax thing. It Tara, was, it local, was local history taxes. expert, please verify this for me. Yes, Al Capone was caught due to not paying sufficient taxes. Out of all things, yeah, they murder. Couldn't, they couldn't pin any of that on him, so they so the detective who was in it dove so deep in, so they got him. But obviously, he didn't get charged that hard. It was just the idea of like everyone was like, Al Capone can't be touched. They just wanted to show that the king could bleed, kind of oh, thing. Show that the king could bleed, man. You should write a novel. That was really well said. Thanks. I took it from uh, three hundred. The movie 300, Oh, okay, that was some Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, 300. But really, Frank Miller. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's your your comic book knowledge. (laughs) Okay, so so, uh, Tara Templeman, who is the curator and collections manager over at the History Center, there's so many things that you do over there at the History Center besides just teaching people about prohibition. Um, You can also do so many things like looking up if somebody died in your house, which really got my attention. Absolutely. We have access to all of the newspaper archives. We have all the directories. You can find out who lived in your house every year, Um, figure out what they did for a living, um, we have the Sanborn maps. Who lived in my house before me? I thought was just like a professional smoker. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just stinks. It stunk when we got in there. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's all right. We could talk about smoking in relation to prohibition too. Oh, what? Oh, what? Yeah. What connection is there? So, going back to women's rights a little bit, it was absolutely unacceptable for women to smoke or drink in public prior to prohibition. They might be able to get away with doing that at home, but certainly not in any kind of a public place. Um, but during Prohibition, and when people were going to speakeasies, and it mm-hmm. wasn't legal for anyone to be behaving that way, oh. women actually were more likely to engage in those behaviors, and it was not as taboo anymore. So bringing those rules down was actually a little bit liberating. Absolutely. It, it, the women's movement went a very long way during Prohibition. Because everyone was equally being oppressed. It's <laughs> yeah, kind of what yeah, it comes yeah. down to, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. Oh, that's it. I had yeah. no idea. That's so fascinating. So after Prohibition, it was more um, commonplace for women to be smoking in public places and yes, and drinking in public places. It extended to many other areas, too. Women gaining the right to vote actually happened after Prohibition passed as an amendment to the Constitution. Wow. And... Wardrobe changes were pretty significant for women during the 1920s. Their dresses went from being long and having corsets to being short and looser fitting. And that significantly improved life for women. A corset will actually permanently rearrange the placement of your organs if you wear one every day. Not a comfortable thing to do. They're kind of cool, but man, (laughs) you know, like I see like this steampunk, like corset things like corsets are, are, they're kind of, come on, they're still kind of cool. But yeah, no, it's definitely not a thing that people should be forced to wear every single day. Absolutely not. Have you ever worn a corset, Jake? Uh, No, I I gotta be honest. No, I have not. 
Have you worn? Sorry, I feel like you wanted us to ask you no. because you asked both of us. Alex, have you ever worn one? No, but I I do want to know what it feels like to like have your insides just squeezed like that. Painful. You know, just I, just turn I, me into that like Barbie doll frame. Painful. Painful. I th- yeah. Just, I don't want to get too off t- off topic here though. So let's get into these root beers and and that we've got, we got four root beers in front of us. Can you take us through what we're looking at and what we're going to be trying? Okay, so I would love to say that these are each of the root beers that were produced in Lynn County during Prohibition, but many of those companies went out of business decades or even like 100 years ago, and so you do not want to drink those. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I thought they nice. aged well. Nin- 1920 was a good year for root beer. <laughs> this is a mix of several root beers that are available at your typical grocery store today, and we will be trying these because- I love these labels. Love these labels. During Prohibition, um, companies, instead of just going out of business, started manufacturing other goods. So some breweries moved on to manufacturing ice cream. Some started manufacturing root beer. Some started manufacturing a non-alcoholic beer where they kept their recipe the same but just did not let it ferment and become alcoholic. Yeah. Um, So we have a mix of several of those things here to try today. Interesting. You know, side note, something that this just kind of makes me think of, during the pandemic, a lot of these beer companies and whatnot actually shifted over to start making hand sanitizers. But it wasn't because they couldn't sell alcohol anymore. In fact, I think alcohol sales jumped quite a bit when the pandemic happened because everybody stopped going to the bars. I remember I was at Hy-Vee and they were like, yeah, our alcohol sales are up 200%. We're loving it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a direct quote from my Yeah, like, well, you did not say, well, we, we're loving yeah, the pandemic yeah. by any means. But that's just kind of what that reminds me of. Okay, so let's uh, let's crack open a cold one. Hashtag, whose who's catchphrase is that? That's one of the beer companies' catchphrases. Crack, Logan's Lynn Ford, like he knows. Hashtag, nope, okay. not sponsored. Um, so let's crack open. I crack, don't know, but I can look it up. Let's crack open a, let's crack open a cold one. Whoop. Okay, I cracked open the cold one. So we have this Sioux City root beer right now. Let's go ahead and uh, um, take the lids off of your off of your Giving Tree Theater cups. Shout out to Giving Tree Theater in Marion. Here you go, Jake. It's like a shot of go, root beer. Wow. Getting crazy here well, on, on the podcast. I, I don't want to pour them too heavy because we got to drink other ones. So this is the Sioux City root beer. Let's go ahead and have a taste. Oh, my goodness. I am a big fan of root beer, but this, this is a special root beer. Thoughts? I really like it. It doesn't taste like uh, normal root beer. I guess all, the only kind of root beer I know is the one you get from, like, every single machine at a fast food place, the A&W root beer. So just right. trying these, like, uh, quote-unquote authentic root beers that have different types of ingredients truly tastes different and fun. Tara, what do you think? I think it's pretty good. Oh, I like that you mentioned A&W um, because that is something with a Cedar Rapids connection, but not until after Prohibition. Oh. What? I'm not letting you not talk about that right now. <laughs> well, no. I don't have a whole lot to say about A&W, but they did sell here in Cedar Rapids for a number of years. I believe is, they still do have some. I was going to say, are they gone? No, I've, I've, I see plenty of them, especially up in the Quad Cities. There's like three A&Ws just always chilling. I'm like, heck yeah, A&W. That's my favorite place. Just going chilling in Cedar Rapids. Um, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and move on to Millstream Old Time Root Beer. 
This one is from the Amanas. I thought that it would be an old-timey root beer, and then I looked up when they started brewing, and it's 1985. Oh, wow. That's I've actually had this one before. It's so good. Half the people listening to this, according to this label, you are (laughs) old-time. If you're from 1985, for literally six years before I was born, is old-time. Alex, I do want to hop in real quick and and say that um, you are correct. The A&W that... There's no A&W in this area anymore. Oh, it, it is gone. It was out by the airport and it closed. Yeah, yeah that's the, uh, up right. Up in the QC for some yeah, reason. Yeah, my parents took me there one time. We sat out in the car and, you know, they bring it to the door or they bring it to your window <gasps> yeah. on, like, rollerblades. I don't know if they were on rollerblades, but that's what my memory says. I think says. you're confusing that with Sonic. So, don't drink yet. Since we're drinking, uh, I thought, what if we what if we say an interesting fact about ourselves and then we take our drink? Would you like me to go first? Yeah. You like started a, this on the second drink. <laughs> I thought about it after the first one. Yeah, sure. Since we're drinking, we might as well kind of play a drinking game. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, So an interesting thing about me, um, I met Sean Astin, otherwise Sam Wise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. And when I met him, I said, I've waited my whole life to meet you. And he said, I didn't know it till today, but I waited my whole life to meet you. Which was really cool. So a cool, famous guy. Cheers to Sean. Oh, do. Oh, oh. all right. And then I drink uh, myself. I guess. Yeah, I was like, wait, we haven't okay. done ours yet, oh, Alex. Oh, wait, How no, do you... Okay, instead we're gonna. It's cl- a cheers when we all three are done. You don't just go. You're right. I did my fact, and now no one else can sit <laughs> Jake, go, you go next. Uh, I can do backflips because I used to be a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. <sighs> I can still do some backflips. Uh, Tara. I named a genus and species of fossil mammal. Okay, that's a lot that's cooler than ours. Way cooler than ours. <laughs> cheers, 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 cheers. Oh, wait, Logan's out there. Oh, Logan, I got you a plastic cup and I didn't even get you a root beer. It was funny to me that you brought me a cup, didn't say anything. And then didn't offer it, me. It's just either. to make you cheers with us. Don't come That's, in. No I'm, root beer. I'm feeling you. included. It's yeah. all. Good. I'm sorry, Logan. All right, cheers, everybody. Go ahead and take your drinks of this Millstream Old Time Root Beer. Is this one darker? It tastes mm, a little darker. It is delicious. A lot spicier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like it's it. a bit spicier, isn't it? I think. Can I say who my favorite is? Is can can we endorse my favorite root beer? On <laughs> well, this? wait. We're only two in. You got to wait till the end. Well, I've already got a favorite. Hashtag you not a sponsor. Hashtag yeah, not a sponsor. Okay, gonna finish this bad boy off. Can't be halfway through. And then let's go with the IBC root beer made with cane sugar since 1919, naturally and artificially flavored. So since 1919, 1919 would be the vote for prohibition. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So uh, to to start prohibition. Yeah, Correct. not to end right it. before the Roaring Twenties. Correct. So Roar. it wasn't enforced until 1920, but they jumped the gun a little bit by. How long did Prohibition last? Until 1933. It lasted 13 years. Yeah, man. Longer in Iowa because God. we had Prohibition starting in 1916. Yep. Can you imagine turning 21 in 1919? Uh, that would suck so much. Well, because like, you just like you're like I'm 19, finally the legal drinking age, 19, and then it becomes a 20, well. Back then, the legal drinking age wasn't 21; it was 18. No, or even younger. Yeah, yeah Wait, 18. Wasn't it 21 just no. a few years before prohibition? No, I didn't think so. There wasn't so much a legal drinking age. Yeah, everybody Kids started drank. drinking in infancy. Yeah, yeah let's so, let's talk. So wait, when did it go from 18 to 
21. Oh, that was, uh, just real quick jumping into the alcohol thing. They literally, you know what, like a kegger, how you drink from a tube and like, chug, chug, chug. They had those at beers and you, at bars and you'd pay a nickel to just drink as much as you could out of a tube. Ew. People were drinking to an extreme. Yeah. Um, And that's really why there was a temperance movement and a prohibition movement. Uh, People were drinking with breakfast, with lunch, with dinner, and then they were going out and operating heavy machinery or Uh. farming equipment. And there were some pretty serious accidents, and there were people drinking away their whole paycheck and leaving nothing for their wife or children um, to eat or to clothe themselves. So it became a very serious problem. Yeah, there was abuse, a lot of abuse going on. And that was another thing with women's suffrage. They wanted to be able to leave a abusive household there my husband drinks he hits us and they were like government's like oh that's too bad keep living there buddy you're doing great so that's that's why it's rooted so deeply in women's suffrage is they're like the man controls all the payment he doesn't let you leave but he can drink all he wants and do all these awful things so that's it's rooted so deeply in women's suffrage wow and some women took up the fight with literal weapons (gasps) the hatchet Yes. Hatchets to the bars! <laughs> Hatchets to the bars! Tell, I don't know anything about this. My favorite story in our new exhibit, which is here until August 11th at the History Center, um, is about Carrie A. Nation. And she went around to bars carrying a hatchet and bricks and rocks. And she would walk in during Prohibition and smash all the bottles of liquor that she could find and smash the bar in with a hatchet. She wouldn't injure anybody, but she would absolutely destroy all of the goods in the bar. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She's seen as a bit of an extremist with her fight, but it's still a really cool story. She obviously had some extreme things happen in her life that that pushed her to that, I would assume, right? Her first husband did die of alcoholism. Wow, okay. Her second husband divorced her based on her behavior. Well, that's that's. And let's uh, let's all drink to that. To carry. <laughs> to carry. To carry. Cheers. 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 Are, are we ding, touching ding, uh, glasses ding. in this um, in this pandemic age? While you guys drink, I do want to share what I found. So, um, mm. uh, I can't find any records of a formal drinking age prior to 1919. Yeah, nothing about it. But the drinking age was set to 21 um, on March 8th. 1934 mm-hmm. right but then it also dropped back down again yep which was really interesting uh, and i didn't know when that did it, when did it drop back down because i'm tr- i was it dropped down to 19 years yeah. of age at 1972 and then 73 dropped down to 18 years and then eventually it went back up to 21 in 1986 yeah. During, not that long ago when, when you're in the heat of like the war on communism kind of thing and the boys are getting sent off to war i think a big argument was like if our boys are Dying overseas, they should be able to drink as well. So I think that's... I mean, that's still an argument these days, too. It's still an argument these days, but the government actually listened. It was like, yeah, sure, why not? And they're like, actually, no, 21. It's Drinking in America is a very... Your brain's not developed until 25, though? Isn't isn't it like 26 for guys? You know? Younger for women? It's like 80 for guys. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. Once you're dying, you got it. You got it. Once you're on your deathbed, you're like, no, I understand. As soon as you're coherent, you realize that you're dying. Yeah. You're like, oh, man. No, it's just, compared to other countries, just alcohol in America has been a very love-hate relationship. Yeah, we've definitely had a different relationship than other places. Um, Yes. And alcohol was widely consumed by most people early on because water sources could not always be trusted. Mm-hmm. So it was very common to drink alcohol with all of your meals. Um, and 
that was hard liquor often, especially in Iowa, where we're great at growing corn. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. And it wasn't until we started getting some immigration that we had beer, which was brought over mostly with German immigrants, but others as well. Nothing like and they some had, beer with your Cap'n Crunch. <laughs> they had the right recipes um, to show us how to make beer, and then beer started becoming a very common thing for people to drink. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad um, uh, we still have root beer. I'm glad root beer didn't go away when Prohibition ended because that's like my favorite pop. Um, you guys say pop or do you say soda? I say soda. I also soda. say soda. Yeah! Guys, oh, we are joined by geniuses. No, but none of you are actual Iowans then because all Iowans say pop. All right. Oh, uh, I think, I yeah. Think goes, Iowans say pop, dude. That's Ew. a thing. Why is it pop? I don't know. It's just soda Does pop. it pop in your mouth? It does. The bubbles do. Like pop rocks? No, not like Pop Rocks, but like Bubbles. Gotcha. Really, yeah, you got nothing. Is it really got, popping, though? It's popping. It's, it's sizzling. We're going to try this last. Like... So, okay, this one says Coors. So, uh, what is this guy? This has got to have alcohol in it, correct? <laughs> it, it is a non-alcoholic beer. So, yes, it does have alcohol in it, but very little. Wait, there's alcohol in non-alcoholic beers? There is no way to completely eliminate the alcohol. So, there is some alcohol in a non-alcoholic beer. Oh, what's the point of a non-alcoholic beer? Like uh, who? Who like is like? I just like the taste of beer. I I know plenty of people. I have a friend who um, oh, who was it. an alcoholic but still likes oh, to drink beer. Not to not to shame you for that. And I feel bad. Yep, I am so sorry. I actually feel kind of bad now. And he drinks and he drinks uh, non-alcoholic beer. That's on me. When we're partying. That's on me. So, okay, I'm going to pour this Coors Edge non-alcoholic brew, double brewed for a refreshing taste. I feel like I'm going to like this one the least. Into our into our glasses. I don't like um, beer. I, I don't like non-alcoholic beer. I, At least everyone, are you okay having that little bit of, you, wanna, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. It might make chill, it. Yeah, chill, chill, chill. Oh, I don't want that much. I don't Sorry, want a little bit. Geez, so Coors was hard. around prior to Prohibition, and during Prohibition, they made all kinds of products, including dishes. <laughs> so you could buy Coors bowls and plates and things during Prohibition, and bowls that for your actually was an incredibly profitable endeavor for Coors. Then why did they stop? Probably, <laughs> It probably stopped being profitable, especially when people stopped buying things after the night. 1920s when people just like stopped buying. I bought oh, no, plates I'm the other day. The Great Depression. Yeah, right. people just stopped buying things in general. They, so I'm pretty sure they, they made like, plates, and then Amazon became a thing, and they were like, "Well, ex- that that ship it, yes. has sailed." Okay, so let's try this Coors Edge non-alcoholic beer. Cheers, my friends. Cheers. Uh, Did you oh, want to do a fun fact? I let's forgot. Do, no, we didn't do la- it on the last one. But either. the last <laughs> cheers was too uh, legendary. Okay, here. Uh, there are there are big ships. There are small ships. No, just say there are ships about yourself. to sail the sea. I'm doing a cheers. I'm doing like a whole cheers. Just say fun, do you, do you steer ships? Is that your no, fun fact? I'm doing a cheers. Are we doing the fun facts about ourselves? Or are we doing a cheers? Yeah, fun fact about ourselves. We've been doing every other it's cheers, fun fact, cheers, fun fact. Oh, well now I feel like I gotta finish it though. Okay, just okay. There are big ships, there are small ships, there are ships that sail the sea, but the best ships are friendships, and for always they may be. I'll say a fun fact about yourself. I gave Segway tours for six years of my life in downtown <laughs> Chicago. That's incredible. <laughs> it was a cool job. It was a cool job. Gave uh, a tour to the Weasley Twins. Oh. Wow. That's awesome. That's I, two fun facts. I didn't, but, but I was there when they got the tour. Oh, yeah. And then I got to meet them when they came back. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but- Gave I can say gave a tour and just leave out the my company gave a tour to the Weasley twins. But yeah, no, they were they were in the building. They were cool. They're brunette. Huh. 
lies yeah. from Harry Potter. All smoke and mirrors. All right, go go ahead. What's your fun fact? I do I have to say cheer before it. No, uh, I, we're we're already over time. Oh, okay. No cheer, Jake. Um, I guess uh, one time uh, I spent like two months in Russia, and that was pretty cool. I almost starved because I <laughs> they they the Russian McDonald's does not give you the food you ordered and kept giving me food I didn't like. Okay. All right. Fun, fa- <laughs> fun, fun fact. Fun fact. I love to scuba dive, but I cannot swim. How does what? that I don't work? understand how that that's a thing. How does that work? Well, you get to wear a wetsuit and some buoyancy when you scuba dive, so oh. you can't really drown. Oh, right. Fair enough. But you, but you learned how to kick while you're down there. It's just the same thing. With flippers on my feet, it's great. Okay. She can kind of swim. Kind okay. of cheers. 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 <laughs> hmm. Tastes like an old banana. It does taste like an old banana. That is exactly what it tastes like. <laughs> I kind of like it. You know, I actually like it more I than I thought I would. Actually, exactly. The 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 non-alcoholic beers I've had have all been worse than this. That was the best non-alcoholic beer I've ever tried. Well, I don't want to finish it. Not sponsored. Yeah. Not sponsored. <laughs> right. Right. This this beer that we hate is not a sponsor. <laughs> um Okay, so that's that's weird. I'm gonna pour more of my uh, favorite root beer. Well, again, we are joined by by Tara Templeman, who is the curator and collections manager at the History Center, a part of the History Center presents LAS History Week. We are gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to dive a little bit more into you and who you are, and find out more about what got you to where you are today. Um, if that's okay with you, Tara, we can do that. Perfect. Uh, all right, stick with us, and we'll be right back. You're listening to One Word Stories, brought to you by... I'm Jason Alberti. And I'm Lindsay Prince. I am a dad of two boys, a comedy writer, and I love medieval literature. I'm the mom of two girls, a comedy writer, and I love TikTok. Hey, we've got a new podcast. And it's called What Do You Want to Talk About? We talk about everything from almond milk lattes to xenophobia. New episodes every Monday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What Do You Want to Talk About is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, you can visit laspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Lindsay, did I tell you the story about Skarpe the Njalsson when he was in Iceland and he was dying because he was under this log on fire and he pulls out this molar and he whips it into Thurl Thurlson's eye? No, I don't understand most of what you just said. Oh. Oh, Jason, did I tell you that Billie Eilish got bangs? What's a Billie Eilish? L-A-S. Hey, I'm Jake Trumper. And I'm Alex Schulte. And together, we're historically, historically inaccurate. And you can learn history with us because I'm kind of an expert. I'm not sure if expert's the word I would use. No, I, I'm ready to teach people history because, like, uh, ask me to name every president. But I know you can't. No, just ask me. I don't want to hear you Washington, do that again. John Adams, Thomas I, Jefferson, uh, James Madison, James Zabrow, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. So Martin, we're a brand new podcast distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcasts. Jake, are you still going? Chester A. Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin just fast, Harrison, just William fast forward to the end. Theodore Roosevelt, we are literally Trump, running out of time. Ben, 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 did you literally forget the president who is right now, Joe Biden? Joe Biden! Oh, I did it. Oh, I was in. I was in my groove. Come there. and learn with us, everybody. Well, it's still kind of me. I'm. I'm kind of doing. You most couldn't of even remember Joe Biden's name. I'm doing most of the teaching. It's mostly you. Thank you. L A S. And now back to one word stories. 
Welcome back to One Word Stories. Jake, what do you want to say? Alex, I, like, can I say something? Can I, I have to something? admit something. I just poured more of this root beer in the cup, yeah. and I see the bubbles popping. Yeah. And I just want to redact my statement of pop. being like, pop is too. I, it's not now that pop. I genuinely look at it, the bubbles are popping. Yeah, like, it, I just want to. I'm, I'm sorry to anyone that I was like. You're saying it, it doesn't look like it's soda ing? The bubbles are popping. Yeah, exactly. I, I just wanted to admit oh, that. I just want to say. Anybody saying pop? It's right. You probably also say ope when you squeeze past people to grab that ranch. I do. I do. Um, so, Tara Templeman, who is here from the History Center, this is part of the History Week presents, <laughs> the History Center presents LAS History Week, um, because you have an amazing event coming up, the Root Beer Fest, uh, that's happening July 3rd, but you have a speakeasy on July 2nd, uh, you have another event happening on the 4th of July, uh, it's 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 a really incredible thing you're, you're all doing over there, especially on the back end of a pandemic, it's so great to be having events again at the History Center, right? It is absolutely wonderful to be having events again and getting visitors back in to see us, and that we can all yep. do that safely now. Is wonderful. So, so you are generally new to the history center and the area, correct? Absolutely true. That by no means you you you're new to the area, but you already probably know more about this area's history than most people that have been here for the last however many decades. It's been a weird time to be new because I do exactly. feel like I have dug into the history of Cedar Rapids and Lynn County more broadly. Um, but I also moved here in December of 2019. So if Did you some- ask me, like. About restaurants <laughs> yeah. or um, festivals or uh, entertainment? I know nothing. Did something happen between uh, December of 2019 and now that, that made that all weird for you? Uh, there was this little uh, COVID-19 pandemic thing uh, that happened. Yes, I heard about that. And then there was um, a derecho that happened in the midst of that. I actually kind of forgot about derecho. I'm not even going to lie. Jeez Louise. Coming up on the year anniversary in August. Gosh, yes, that's we wild. are. August 10th. So what, is, what has it been like for you being... Um, um, at the History Center and being new to the community while no one is speaking to each other? It's been weird. Um, but during the pandemic, people were cleaning out their homes. And so I was actually getting a lot of visitors at the museum who wanted to make donations of things that they had found oh. in their attics or their basements. The unfortunate side to that was that people were also passing away. And so their mm. relatives were finding some of their belongings and recognizing that those things belonged in a museum and so people were bringing in items pretty constantly throughout the pandemic oh that's heartbreaking too absolutely Um, but my work was kind of continuing and I was getting to learn little bits about the history of Lynn County throughout that pandemic so I was feeling like I was making some connections with people in the community at the same time I didn't get to try any of the restaurants or go out and do anything and really connect with other people from the community unless they were bringing in items to the museum. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I would love to hear about, though, how you got to the History Center, what your life was before that, because I've got a few buzzwords of your life before that, paleontology and tiny house on wheels. But what did that mean? What was, where, what's your background? Where do you come from? Yeah, so I did my master's in museum and field studies from the University of Colorado at Boulder, um, and I specialized in collections management at that time, but I also specialized in vertebrate paleontology. So I was studying fossil mammals. Ten times fast, Jake. (laughs) Go. I can't even say it once. Say it it twice fast. Paleontology. Nice. Paleontology. Sorry, Sorry, Tara, continue. (laughs) 
I was studying <laughs> fossil mammals from the time of dinosaurs, a special group called multi-tuberculates. Oh, it's such difficult words. Multi-tuberculates. Yes. Well, they have no living relatives. Only took me one time to hear it to say it back. Look at that. <laughs> they had what? Sorry. They have no living relatives, so I really can't compare it to oh. anything that's closely related. Um, but not too different from a squirrel, I guess. Oh, so they're cute. Yeah. Um, and then what about, okay, you talked about how you discovered a genus, species, in a fossil mammal. Correct. What do those words that I just put together mean? Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> there's lots of ways that we classify animals, and as a biologist, um, the definition of a species would be something that can't create viable offspring with something of a different species. Ah, um, okay. I was studying teeth, so <laughs> our definitions are a little bit different when that's the only thing that remains and the whole order is extinct. Um, but by comparing the differences in these jaws and the teeth of these little tiny critters, we're able to show which differences are significant enough that they belong to a completely different genus and species. And so I was able to name that based on a couple of partial jaws. And what's the name? Stinocosmodon parvi striatus. Oh my god. What? Stimacon. Hold on, hold on. Go for it. Stimacondodon. Did I? Stinocosmodon. Sorry, what? Stinocosmodon. Stinocosmodon. Parvi striatus. Parvi striatus. Okay. Cinnabon Harvey <laughs> pasta. Um, what is that moment like, though? You're like, oh my gosh, I'm the one who just discovered this thing. It's pretty incredible. Um, That's got to be an adrenaline, adrenaline rush. Like it is. nothing else. But it's also this weird experience because these fossils had been sitting in the museum for about 10 years before I studied them. So I didn't have to do the field work to actually discover these things. And I would say that is pretty common. If people really go into museum collections, there are thousands of things that have not been studied yet. The History for Center, for example, has 72,000 artifacts in our collection. Where? <laughs> Where are these? Are, how, I don't understand how you have this. Well, we have some off-site storage, but also like every photograph is considered an artifact or an object. So that adds up very quickly. I'm just, uh, Jason Wright, um, um, who is, what is his official title at the History Center? The Executive Director. The Executive Director at, at the History Center described it as that ending scene in Indiana Jones when, uh, in the first one. <laughs> when when they zoom out. When they zoom out of that big warehouse that they put, um, uh, the Lost Ark yep. inside of. It's a little like that. We do have a warehouse that is about 7,000 square feet. Oh, I want to go there. S- but 7,000 square feet is the warehouse, but you lived in a tiny home that was 200 square feet. That is correct. And it was on wheels. It was. What is that life like? I loved it, um, but I tend to be a pretty extreme minimalist. Yeah. I did live there with two dogs. <laughs> So, very small space, but um, it was fantastic. It is really nice to be confronted with consumption all the time. So, I enjoyed knowing how many gallons of water it took for me to take a shower and understanding when that tank needed to be refilled and how important it was to continue to check in about those things. Did you build this yourself? I did not. I did purchase it from someone else who lived in it for about a year and decided that tiny houses were not for him. Which I respect. (laughs) Well, it sounds like after two years you figured out the tiny houses were not for you either. I decided that Colorado was not for me and I was ready to move to Iowa. Got it. Why? 
Why Iowa? I really wanted to get closer to some family members who live here. Uh, my father was born in Iowa, and he was adopted oh. when he was pretty young. And so he had fairly recently reconnected with some of his family members here, but I hadn't really met them before. So I wanted the opportunity to get closer to my father's birth family. How has that been? What's that been like? Well, it's been great for the time that we've been able to spend together, but mm-hmm. right, there was also right, this course. pandemic thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. That, it's honestly easy to like not think about that. Yeah. The you know now that things are kind of getting back to normal. Like we're all sitting in here in this in this small room without masks on because we're all vaccinated. It's just things are definitely getting back to normal, quote unquote normal again. Um, but are you going to have a, a, more of an opportunity to connect with that family more often now that, that things are opening back up again? Absolutely. And it's been wonderful to be able to connect with them and have um, dinners and attend events with them and really get to know them. It's just that has to like be a, a really your em- delay. It's, it's got to be very emotional, too, for everyone as well. Absolutely. It's, it's been a unique experience to be able to reconnect with people who are absolutely family members and really close family members yeah, that you really right. didn't know previously. How did that reconnection happen? Um, through Facebook, actually. <laughs> Facebook can be so magical sometimes. Wow. It can be so dangerous and terrible sometimes, but it can also be so magical and amazing like this. It can be. So my dad was old enough to remember uh, family members' names and was able to connect to them and get in contact. So he was able Saw a picture, to- like, hey, that's my face, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, that's my nephew. Yeah. So we were able to uh, meet them and come out and visit Iowa. And I loved it here and I wanted to get to know family. So Can here I am. What was that like when you saw them for the first time after all of that nothing with them? It's a little eerie. Um, so where my dad is from is a little place called Stewart, not in Lynn County, but mm. Stewart, Iowa. And Shout out to Stewart, Iowa. <laughs> Yes. Um, So the family owns a bar there. And so the first time I met everybody, I walked into this bar and everyone said, hello, Tara. And I didn't know anybody's (laughs) name. (laughs) How many people uh, were you walking into? A lot of names to remember? Yeah, about 35. Wow. And that family of 35 had already been established for all these years and they knew each other tight knit. They stayed pretty close to home. And so they knew each other very well. And they, of course, knew my dad very well when he was younger. Right. Um, but I really had not met any of them. And I'm sure they welcomed you with open arms. Absolutely. We're like, uh, let's just pick up wherever we need to. You, you, we love you as much as anybody. Welcome back to the family. Has that been just an incredible experience for you? It has been a really incredible experience. I, I'm so happy for you. That's that's that gets me a little bit emotional. Like I I am so happy that you were able to do that because I can't imagine not having all of my cousins and family growing up. You know that was such a, a special part of my childhood. I have a big family. My my dad comes from uh, eight seven. I can never remember. Seven or eight of them. And then my mom said it was five. So we always had a lot of cousins and everything like that. Did you have cousins in, like that you were close to over in Colorado? Uh, yeah, I did have some family in Colorado. And my dad's um, adopted siblings all ended up there. Good. Okay. Um, okay. So I did have family around. You got, you got two families. I do. If anything, you, how, how lucky of you, though. You get so much love. That's so beautiful. And then obviously you're keeping in touch with them even though you're here now. Yes. I need to get to Colorado, honestly. Speaking of that, I've never been to Colorado. I've got a tiny house you can stay in. <laughs> <laughs> How many gallons of water do I need? <laughs> um, Tara, you're amazing. Our community is so lucky to have you. 
So thank you so much for for giving us some of your time today and and being a little bit vulnerable about can I say that word being a little bit vulnerable about your family and your background. Um, but the History Center is obviously very lucky to have you as well, and I can't wait to see all the amazing things you are doing. But most immediately, you have the um, the Root Beer Festival coming up on July third. That's from one to four p.m. That's outdoors, five dollar admission. Save a, a buck by getting that Freedom Festival button. Uh, July second, the day before. Before that is the speakeasy out on the lawn with uh, Elizabeth Von Presley is going yes. to be doing some live music. It's going to be very uh, 1920s themed, correct? Absolutely. It's all around prohibition. L- little jazzy, little prohibition. Yes. I love that. Yes. So, so go to um, um, historycenter.org. Dot, uh, slash speakeasy. That's historycenter.org. Sorry, just go to historycenter.org and all the links are going to be there for you. Yep, um, you can find our hours, our programs, everything we have coming up. And all the hours are, are kind of ever-changing right now with things opening back up again. Obviously, you're getting back to a, a more consistent schedule, but pandemic makes things weird. It does. It makes things really, really weird. But I think we're getting into the new normal now. I think we are, too. The city's coming back to life. Can you smell it? <laughs> It stinks again. <laughs> what's what's the, uh, it's like. City of fi- Five Smells. The City of Five Smells, Cedar Rapids. There's there's Captain Crunch Day, and there's. It's the only day that matters. The roadkill or something. I don't know what day that is that's just like, who, what died in my car? You ever been driving to work, and then you smell something, and you're like, is that me? And then you roll your windows down, and you're Alex, like, Alex, oh, you were almost ending the show. It's just Alex, Cedar Rapids. Alex said, all right, guys, and we're wrapping it up. Has anyone else ever been driving? And I tell you <laughs> what, welcome to Cedar Rapids, guys. It's the- <laughs> Airplanes, am I right? <laughs> okay. Tara Templeman, curator and collections manager over at the History Center. <laughs> Go and see what she's up to over on 2nd Avenue and 8th Street in downtown Cedar Rapids across the street from the fire department. Tara, you're amazing. We're going to have you back on if you're willing to come back sometime. I hope we didn't scare you away (laughs) because you've been a wonderful guest and I really appreciate you being here with us. And thanks to the History Center for, for presenting this entire week. This is the History Center Presents LAS History Week. And this is just one of the many shows that you're going to hear Tara on this week, building up to that event that's coming up um, at the start of next week. So, so thank you, Jake, for being here as always. Yeah. I love you, dude. Appreciate <laughs> you, man. Uh, thank you, Logan, for producing the show. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, dude. Thanks a lot. Tara, I just met you, but I love you, too. Thanks I'm for Alec, having me. I'm Alex Schulte. This is One Word Stories. We'll talk to you next week. You can support the LAS Podcast Network at patreon.com slash LAS Podcast Network. LAS. Mango Mustache Media.